Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to the June 2012 CTS Us Quiz. And we have 10 terrific cases. Hopefully you got them all right, but let's take a look. So the first case I asked the question, what's the most likely diagnosis? Well, if we look at the images, if you look at the axial view, what you really see is an enlarged left kidney. It's edematous. The cortical medullary interface is not as nicely seen as the right kidney. You can also see this very nicely on the coronal views. There's a number of possibilities, and I gave you choices. What could infiltrate the kidney? Leukemia, lymphoma are obvious choices. In this case, you don't see any adenopathy. You see some fatty infiltration of the liver. Infarction can be global or focal, but then there's decreased attenuation. Here it's more of an infiltrative abnormal attenuation, but it's not the classic low density of infarcts. And the best answer in this febrile patient is going to be acute pyelonephritis. It's a very nice example of pyelonephritis. Sometimes it's focal, sometimes it's diffuse. Uh, we do make the point that pyelonephritis is best seen on delayed phase imaging, typically because of striated nephrograms. But you can see it on early phase imaging, as was the case here. So that's the uh, diagnosis, acute pyelonephritis. This is an interesting case. What you can see is a very large spleen, and there are multiple focal lesions in the spleen. And this could be hemangiomas. I guess theoretically you could think about lymphoma. But what I gave you was a bunch of strange conditions to uh, really answer to. And the one we've seen most at Hopkins that really works very nicely is Klippel-Trenani-Weber syndrome. Klippel-Trenani-Weber syndrome is one of the various vascular malformations, and all four of these are in the vascular malformations. Um, when we put this up online, uh, we'll have a number of other slides. Most of the syndromes are very unusual. The Klippel-Trenani-Weber syndrome has uh, port wine stains, abnormal venous structures, osseous and soft tissue hypertrophy, and splenic lesions are indeed very common. So this was the answer. Uh, those of you know that our quizzes also go on to the Apple Store. We have an app on the Apple Store that's for free. And there you'll see a lot of the additional information that uh, is pertinent to this case. Okay, let's continue. Next example. What's the best diagnosis in this case? This is an interesting case. Um, what you can see is I've asked you the question, um, what's going on. And if you look carefully at the images, I give you an axial in 3D, you see a large vascular structure near the hilum of the liver. And you look at the CT angio, it's truly a vascular structure, it's an aneurysm. So really the question is what aneurysm, aneurysm is it? The point is it's an aneurysm. It's not a neuroendocrine tumor which is vascular, but this is vascular like vessel, it's not a Hamudi tumor. Based on location, it's hepatic artery aneurysm. And we've seen these more commonly lately. You see them commonly in patients with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You can see them as sequela in patients with portal hypertension. But this is just a very nice example. Often they're congenital, a very important diagnosis. This next case is an interesting one. If you look really hard, and let's say it's easier maybe to see right off on the delayed phase imaging, the image on the right, you can see there's a filling defect in the proximal ureter. Now you could argue maybe it's a transit uh, from the urine and there's a defect, but that almost never happens for short segments where you filled above and below. Something's going on in there. The question is what? Now when you look back at the arterial phase, you can see some enhancement in the same 
claim the zone. So the possibility of a stone, it's just too long. It doesn't look like a stone. TB gives you strictures, also involves the kidney, but TB would not be vascular. This is not going to be a renal cell carcinoma. This is transitional cell carcinoma. We are picking up smaller transitional carcinomas than ever in the ureter, kidney, and bladder. It's very easy to miss unless you're very careful. You can see in this case, for example, there's no hydronephrosis. So it's very easy to miss. This is an interesting case, and I show this case as a pancreatic mass, and you, first you think it's a cystic lesion, and you might go through a differential of a cystic lesion. IPMN, cirrhosis adenoma, mucinocystic neoplasm, which are all choices. But when you look carefully, the density is the same as the retroperitoneal fat. And this is a pancreatic lipoma. It's an unusual lesion, but it's a leave-alone benign lesion. You do not get liposarcomas. This looks like perfectly benign fat. So a very, very easy diagnosis. This is a great case, patient's febrile, and I asked you what the best diagnosis is. When you look at the two images, you see a markedly distended gallbladder with thickened wall septations. It's a, and in fact, on the image on your left, you worry about the boundaries. Could this have, in fact, perforated? Now, gallbladder cancer, you always worry about with a big gallbladder, some nodularity, but I don't see any quite mass effect in this case. This is not a liver abscess, though the liver may be secondarily involved. It's really focused on the gallbladder. It's not a perforated ulcer. It's not a uh, fluid collection from a perforation. This is a gallbladder abscess. And although we diagnose gallbladder disease earlier and earlier, we still see patients with gallbladder abscess. And in fact, at surgery, this patient had perforated the gallbladder. One important thing to recognize and tell the, the surgeon in this case is that this would not be a good case to do laparoscopically. This case would need to be done open. The next case I really like, and we are seeing more and more cases of rectal bleeding. And I asked you in this case, what's the least likely diagnosis? So the key word is least likely. You can see from the axial view and shown in the sagittal very nicely that there is a transition. The colon's distended, but you notice that the, the pattern of the folds really looks like it's a featureless pattern. Then there's an area of increased enhancement. And what could this be? Well, could it be a rectal cancer, very focal? I guess it could be, but it's more likely going to be colitis. In fact, this was ulcerative colitis. Could have been Crohn's. The one thing this is not, do not call this an undistended colon. The abnormal enhancement, the increased enhancement, differential enhancement below it and above it really tells you that it's abnormal. So the one thing this is not was an undistended colon. This was ulcerative colitis. Very nice example. This is a wonderful case, and I'm showing you two images, coronal and 3D coronal. On the axial images, this was missed. There was, in retrospect, a very tiny blush, which you can see here. It's a very flat lesion. When you look at it in a coronal display, it looks like a coin, kind of. So I ask you what this could be. Well, the things you think about in the duodenum, this is the first portion of duodenum that enhance, you could think about ectopic pancreatic tissue, you could think about a glomus tumor, you could think about an AV malformation, you can occasionally get gist tumors, so they tend to be larger. You can think about a bright area as a GI bleed. Adenocarcinomas typically are in vascular. 
Crohn's disease is not so focal. This is like a coin-shaped lesion. This is a mass. It's not Crohn's disease, and it's not a GI bleed. This was a carcinoid tumor. In this case, the axial images were read as negative, and it's easy to understand why, but the reconstructions were read as positive. And so, good example, duodenum is a very difficult area to evaluate. You need all the help you can get. Dual phase imaging, reconstructions in 2D to 3D display become very critical in making the right diagnosis. This case, I show you it looks like a mass in the kidney, but as you look at it, hopefully you recognize that it has a halo. And this is a very, very classic appearance of changes following cryoablation. When you have cryoablation of a renal mass, uh, this is a very good appearance, meaning there's no recurrence, there's no disease present. Very nice example. It's not a renal cell, and it's not an abscess, and it's not a Bosniak II cyst. It's the rim of lucency around the ablated zone and that halo around there that really allows you to make a specific diagnosis. For this case, I want to bring back something we often overlook on CT. I asked you what the best diagnosis for the right femur is. Compare right femur and left. The cortices are thickened. Uh, uh, the trabeculations are prominent. And if you look hard, there's a similar lesion in the iliac bone on the right, in the right side of the sacrum, and L5. And this is classic for Paget's disease. It's not an osteosarcoma, though there is increased incidence of osteosarcoma in Paget's, then you would see destruction. It's not prostate cancer. You get blastic lesions, but not this kind of remodeling. And lymphoma can be blastic or lytic or infiltrative, but then it's destructive, and it's not involving all of the bones. So that's Paget's disease. Well, those were 10 absolutely terrific cases. I hope you got them all right, but most importantly, I hope you learned something from the cases. And with that, see you next month.